This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, I asked Joey about why we're all suddenly calling them chicken tendies. You know I like my chicken fried. A cold beer on a Friday night. A podcast that sounds just right. This is what a Joey sounds like. (laughs) And this is what an executive producer and Zach Brown band Jess Vander sounds like. Hi, this is Jess. And that was incredible. This is the one out of every 20 that I know. (laughs) It was was, was good. That was nice. no housekeeping, Jess. That was the set. Can you spike it? Well, we'll see my sports ball skills, uh, which has nothing to do with um, the conversation, really, that I would like to have about chicken tenders. <laughs> and in particular, what the collective, you know, you, seemingly universal agreement about how we talk about chicken tenders can tell us about, um, you know, the world and how we interact with each other and what we pick up from each other um, when it comes to language. Because I don't know about you, Joey, but anywhere I go, I can't stop seeing people or hearing people refer to chicken tenders as chicken tendies. And I don't know when they decided that. When did we all agree that the chicken tender now deserves this very affectionate description, the chicken tendy? Uh, first question is, is a singular tendy, T-E-N-D-I-E, or D-Y? I don't, I don't know. D-Y. Yankee. Daddy Yankee. Okay, that was just a, <laughs> a very quick train of thought. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really interested by this because, you know, Language is evolving constantly, and um, you know we we talk about and and have on this show a, a lot about what makes you know something meme worthy. But it's really interesting to see when that turns into uh, language and how we talk to each other. And I don't know. I I just like to to imagine that there has to be a few different reasons that lead to the proliferation of language that is just undeniably catchy um and you as our resident uh philologist seems like the person to have a conversation about this with so uh without further ado joey why are we all suddenly calling these chicken tendies oh man (laughs) um i mean There's so many things going through my head about this, right? There is sort of like the general tendency for compression. The tendency tendency of uh, compression of language, right? Mm -hmm. That like over time things get shortened, right? We give like people's given names get shortened to nicknames, you know, long firm or company names get shortened to acronyms, right? Or, uh, you know, and and I think this applies to in just like general language over time. And 
and I think it's just about compression and efficiency of communication, right? And so like from chicken tender, you get tendies and people are like, yep, got it. Know what you're talking about. Like, great. The other component of it, right, is that we've had generally in the past, you know, decade, maybe, maybe it's longer, maybe it's shorter, but like roughly like an orientation to like cutification of language with, you know, right. cat, cash, use, natch, like those types of terms that like we've all oriented towards and tried to find ways to spell, but because we don't have the je sound as a letter, no one can agree, zhuzh. Um, and then there have been like other moments too, right? Like where the whatever the stonks saga or whatever and like well. Wall Street bets was using tendies a bunch in talking about like prime bets and, and all of that stuff. So it had like a quick surge there. So, you know, it's hard to say like for one reason or another, but like as, as you were talking about it, I did a, a quick search just to see if there's any sort of academic literature about this. And in Cognition, the journal called Cognition, there was a piece mm. uh, that came out in 2015 called Compression and Communication in the Cultural Evolution of Linguistic Structure. But the highlights mm. are like interesting, right? They give sort of a few bullets just to highlight the sort of what they discuss. Yeah. We provide a cultural evolutionary account of the origins of linguistic structure. Cultural evolution delivers a trade-off between compressibility and expressivity. A compression mm. pressure arises when naive learners influence language evolution, right? Someone's learning uh, language for the first time and it has an orientation to try and make it easier to say or shorter or faster. Um, an expressivity pressure arises due to the use of language for communication. The basic design features of language are a response to these two competing pressures. And I think that like what, what we have right now is like both of those pressures like forcing shrinking, right? Like natural orientation to compressing for efficiency, but then also like expressive orientation right now to that idea is like like doing the shortening of words as a means of like communicating some sort of expressive idea of like you're wanting to talk in sort of like a cute abbreviated way. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what's so compelling to me is how then do we decide what deserves that affection <laughs> and and like, how did it suddenly get mapped back to the chicken tender, like chicken nuggets, like chicky nuggy, chicken tendy? Like, why, why though, why there? <laughs> did, yeah. did we need to channel those, those terms into this space? Like maybe, and, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. What, you know, and also part of this is because I am not extremely online. I don't know if there are is also some like inciting incident that led to this particular food stuff warranting that affection and the energy and of of cute that needed to be channeled there but I I kind of would like to think that people just decided like oh this sweets this sweet little 
So this is a small version of a big chicken piece. So it's baby. <laughs> and because it's baby, it must become tendy. <laughs> that that logic is somehow universal is hilarious to me. <laughs> well, it's interesting thinking about like what is sort of the conceptual space that chicken tenders inhabit in culture. And I'm not like yeah. not trying to be like wonky about it, but like right the idea is like chicken tenders are children's food, like in, in yes. quotes, right? Like Yes. And if you if you like look at what that paper is saying, right, a compression pressure arises when naive learners influence language evolution. If mm-hmm. like if it's a children's food that already children or younger people already have an orient orientation towards compression and like it, you're sort of it's like a food for kids like first of all everyone loves chicken tenders and if you say everyone. you don't and, and yep. you're not like you're a vegan or vegetarian <laughs> then you're lying like if if you eat chicken and then say you don't like chicken tenders like something's wrong with like you. call the authorities like it's something true. is wrong yeah i i feel like maybe to to sort of go down this path of you know, maybe that's where it could have originated, um, you know, with the youth who love the chicken tenders. But I even I, w- I might even wager a step beyond that to think like, oh, is is actually coining these chicken tenders, chicken tendies a way of ourselves? Like, is it sort of a form of self-deprecation of as an adult? Mm. I know I'm eating a child food and I am unabashedly enjoying these chicken tendies like it, there, it, there's almost this like self-aware banter element where you acknowledge the like yeah this is not this is quote-unquote like not adult food but that doesn't mean i absolutely shouldn't be able to enjoy it when i have it at the game at the mountain lodge at the bodega is it is the, one of the most reliable choices there's a reason people go for the tendies. Yeah. Breaded, deep fried chicken. What could go wrong? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think that the, that sort of like self-deprecating orientation is part of it. But I think there's a lot of these things that are, are also, you know, like the force towards abbreviation, I think, has a lot to do with uh digital communication right like it's just faster Mm -hmm. to to type these things with your thumbs when you're like interacting on to be clear same number of letters between tenders and tendies that is uh not abbreviated we should acknowledge but i I would never i I would never say chicken tender i would just say tendy like but if i said tender i mean yeah i don't know like it is interesting the choice right if, if it is if there's not compress like if you said chicken tenders versus tendies you're getting the compression uh but if you're just saying tendies and you're just like yeah it's cuter <laughs> like i just that's, want some that's tendies. to me yeah. like that's the thing like i i liked i liked your argument about compression but i i do feel like there's something here where it's just preferable to make it cute. Is it big chicken who planted this seed to try to make their food more appealing? Tyson. Oh, that's the cynic's view. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, know, Purdue don't know how about working that. their magic again, getting uh, us to change the way we're talking about the tendies. We don't endorse that. We do not. I, really I mean, I'm love. curious, like how you. I mean, so if you're if you're talking about sort of the expressivity, uh, force versus the compressive force, like in this sort of expressivity realm of yep. the uges and the notch and the yep. totes yep. and like all yep. of those things like yep. this this fits more in that vernacular than I think so tenders right uh yep do you do you have like a similar feeling like right like the reason you may like it although i guess to be fair i don't see you as like an abbreviator communicator like cutesy comms but maybe maybe you are like outside of work or things like that and so i'm curious like if you if you are in sort of general agreement like oh like tendies i like it do you like the sort of broader range of those abbreviations or no I think I do, but I will admit I gravitate towards elongation versus <laughs> compression as a means to do it. Like, I am one of the few people who doesn't tend to love people's nicknames and sometimes will choose to use their full name as a term of endearment as opposed to the nickname because it feels more meaningful. Like, sometimes I call you Joseph, <laughs> even yeah. though no one calls you that. Um, yeah. My grandmother. And, it's you and my grandmother. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. And and maybe maybe that's just another stylistic decision of expressivity that you're describing. Like the cutification is one sort of lever, or it's a it's a flavor. If we're if we're talking in that realm, it's it's a flavor you can you can choose to dip your words into. But sometimes I'm like feeling a more honey mustard. Right. Wow. We're going there. Yeah. Right. I, I think I choose a different, uh, you know, maybe more eclectic off the beaten path type of word dip so that I can be more expressive in a way that is more interesting to me, which is also what an individual, what an individual. And that's like really embarrassing to say out loud because that makes me sound (laughs) like an absolute tryhard that I can't just get on the, Get on the bandwagon of tendies. It's happening. You know what I'm saying? The, that's what the people want. The people want the chicky tendy. <laughs> and yeah. I just, it's so awkward coming out of my mouth. Maybe that's why I find this so interesting as well, is that I look around and I'm like, everyone has agreed that this is the best way to show greater meaning. With This is the best use case, but this absolutely applies in other spaces and other words. And I'm also trying to unpack what it is that makes me reject it. So, and whether that's a me problem that I should work on. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm curious, like if you, do you find yourself modulating like your expressive style in like different friend groups? Like not, mm-hmm. I, I'm not even talking mm-hmm. about necessarily at work, right? There's sort of like a, 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 a narrower band that you're sort of allowed to comfortably communicate in within like a work environment. Like some companies will have like stretch that band more or less, yeah, but right. like you, you know that there's sort of a smaller band than what you can communicate with your friends or, or in like yep. social context. 
And I'm curious if you if you modulate at all. Yeah, I I'm sure everybody does. I feel like people all the time will describe it as uh, you know, when I'm with this certain friend of mine, when you start talking like them, I I consider it similar where that the, there is uh, maybe you just call it your shared language with that friend or that friend group. But I think maybe another part of it is what you're describing, which are more like boundaries or comfort zones or, or spaces where those, those words are not just understood, but allowed and encouraged to add different elements of it, of expression. And I think that maybe I, I'm, I'm certain that I do it. I, I'm sure that I do. Um, and maybe have a few different dialects even with different groups that make more sense in those contexts. But um, yeah, it's really interesting to think about w- what are the qualities of certain folks that make that space. Uh, you know, a, mm-hmm. a workspace, it makes a lot of sense why there may be less of an expressive range for the sake of comprehension, for the sake of whatever societal norms deem to be professional <laughs> speak. Uh, versus, you know, you can have a little bit maybe more freedom and inside lingo or inside jokes or something that you just, you're like, we've been riffing off of this one joke that has now evolved over 10 years. I mean, that, this is true of yeah. a friend of mine who whose name my whole family believes to be Lemon, which is simply not her name. Her name is Lauren, uh, but, <laughs> but it has evolved of you know, many, many years of nicknaming converted into protracted and then contracted and then finally landing on this name. Um, And that's the kind of thing that I think can emerge when you have people or spaces that encourage the tendification, you know, (laughs) make it cute. (laughs) Well, yeah, like, I mean, I think it's the, this, Right, the those sort of like expressive dialects like you're talking about it, right? Like I will still use those things in work context or like in chat when I'm trying to sure. sort of communicate a sort of a emotional tone of the interaction, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're you're using like a thinner band of just textual communication. So if I say something like natch, like it's clear that I'm not like if I said naturally, like someone could be like, is he being like sarcastic or is that passive aggressive mm-hmm. or is there some like underlying meaning here? But if I just say mm-hmm. natch, everyone's like, okay, like cool. That's like a small thing, like acknowledged, w- whatever. Yes. Um, and so th- like switching between those tones when you know that they exist, right? Like uh, if I was like ordering chicken tenders at a restaurant i would probably say like i'll get the chicken tenders i wouldn't be like i'll get the tendies to like give me those the, tendies I, you yeah, could though server you would yeah. probably be understood quite <laughs> quite well. yeah if, if like the vibe is like fun and i'm with like i maybe i would say tendies but like if i was talking about if I was talking to the people I was with or something like that and I'm, we're like in a fun mood, I'm going to probably switch more towards that way of talking about things. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it, it feels like it is sort of a, you know, like it's in that, that like code switching vernacular shifting for an accomplishment and maybe, you know, 
like Nora Mestrich would be happy to hear that we're in like we're in our cutie season and yeah, <laughs> we're just feeling that's like true. tendies is cuter than tenders. So we're going yeah. with the tendies. Or like people and uh language cultures that influence us, which always follow similar patterns. There are like really awesome videos and uh linguists who talk about this in further detail but like the way that flows um and how right it's 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 just we've decided we've all agreed that it's time for the tendies it's just tendies i'm sorry jess uh i'm sorry (laughs) you're having to deal with it no i i i think part of the reason i'm bringing this up is because i i can tell that there is something far bigger than me that i am too (laughs) meek meek and foolish to to be able to recognize but this is big this is a beautiful you know it's a beautiful thing you just got to get beautiful on beautiful thing the expressive tendies well Jess. okay uh final final question how many tendies makes for a reasonable serving for an adult being is it three or four and, and more and or in more a or basket less? in a tendy basket i expect three that's what I mean, not to say there aren't times where maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just feeling real hungry. Got, I got this bulking season. Maybe I want four tendies. Yeah. But usually yeah. there's like a, it's like a basket and a platter or something like yeah. that where you can get the three or the five. Wow. But I'm usually going for the three. <laughs> and, and there best be fries. If there are no fries to supplement, boy, oh boy. I mean, it. I would prefer the tots, but, you know, that's a different conversation. Oh, the tots and the tendies. Tots and tendies. Well, let's just, there's, there's like so much more we can get into, but we don't have time. And for now, you know, share, tell us, tell us what you think. You hate you wanna, it? You want to bring it? us to your, McNug, your McNug corner? <laughs> We're not getting promotional dollars for this. <laughs> um i really i I love jess's corner (laughs) i i love that and i hoped that you would that you converted this prompt about the proliferation of the use of chicken tendies to describe chicken tenders into a uh you know with with into a conversation with two potential hypotheses. I think we exhausted the, the hypothesis that maybe it's just because we're all designed, we all are driven to compress language when we realized actually tendies is just the same as is the same number of letters. So it's not necessarily doing it, but maybe on the hypothesis on the hypothesis of expressivity and the desire to be able to communicate more things. Maybe if you're dipping in the dialect of cute Maybe if you're dipping in the dialect of make it uh, confusingly longer for no good reason, that we <laughs> as people just like to have the latitude to make language work better for us, especially in contexts that allow and create wider bands that give us flexibility to to do as much. And maybe this little experiment that is this usage of chicken tendies just tells us that we all want to be in control of language so that we can say more and communicate better. And yeah, maybe that's just because we want one more tendy to pair with our tots. And is that, is that so wrong? Maybe for the industrial meat complex 
and poultry complex and health and the obesity epidemic. But that's not what we're here to talk about. What what I'm realizing also, Jess, is that tenders is already an abbreviation. Like I'm like it's popping. I was like, well, maybe you prefer the Gallus Gallus Domesticus tenderloins as a better way of communicating them. And and then I was like, oh, "Oh, tenders is just short for tenderloins. Tenderloins. We already abbreviated it. And then we said, tenders is just not expressive enough. So we went with the tendies. Fried Gallus Gallus tenderloins. Wow. I'm so glad we're adding this in the last mile of this show. (laughs) Folks, get ready to have your minds blown. Sidebar. Boneless wings, not real wings, just to make everyone clear, because you all, like, just think about it. There's no way to extract yeah. a wing like that. That's just a nugget. It's just a yeah. chicken nugget. Just a nugget. A chicky nuggy. <laughs> Critical Nonsense is a Sylvain production. Brought to you by Big Tots for Tots. <laughs> As always, we'd like to thank our executive producer and a brief queen, Jess Vander. Thanks, Shay. We'd also like to thank Sound Engineer and the tender center of our hearts, Alex Contel. <laughs> uh, we'd like to thank Programming Coordinator and Three Dipping Sauces, Les Jacobs. And special thanks to our production crew and the self-deprecation that we all need Zara Gilbert and Nora Mestridge and as always thanks Alain thanks special thanks to soy garlic because it's so tasty that's the best flavor I can't can't have it anymore because I can't have soy but (gasps) occasionally I'll I'll break that rule for soy garlic Korean fried wings because to experience ooh girl Chickeny goodness. And and while she we're at it, these. you know, we have to acknowledge and thank ketchup because there is a reason that it <laughs> reigns supreme. Like if there has ever been any Doctor sort Fox. of long running dynasty it is it is the ketchup and it is admittedly Heinz. So yeah. you know what? P- pickled we, tomato sludge was a name for a minute, but we chose ketchup instead. But you know, uh, everyone loves a little pickled tomato sludge. Thanks, Joey, for entertaining this. Uh, All right. Love you. Bye. Okay. Bye.